ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bond by Numbers, Series 2. This is Scott Powell, Bowman over here in Scotland, and I'm joined, I hope, by, by the BFG himself, Joshua Dwight Gordon Taylor in Canada, Ontario. Yes, over here we call it Season 2. <laughs> season 2, Series 2. You can tell I, I've been appropriated. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, so we're both uh, not going to work at the present moment like a lot of people are across the world. Um, I was part of an essential industry, but I'm under quarantine now due to a someone testing positive in our in my workplace. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I have no symptoms myself uh, at the present moment, but you know I have to do the precautionary procedures and I have to uh, stay at home until uh, after next week sometime. So I figure what to, what else to do but podcast. Yeah, we didn't expect to start series season two so quickly. Uh, we were waiting until May, uh, towards the end of May, but because we're both home, because we both have a couple of topics brewing in our head, and because the world needs a little bit more fun content just now, we thought, let's get together for, for a short chat, one of our first uh, short format chats that'll be yeah. that'll be coming down the pipe. And, you know, as, as we start off here, we do hope that uh, wherever you are listening, that you're doing well, you're staying safe. This is a really strange time for our planet. Yes. Um, it's and, the worst Black Mirror episode ever. <laughs> man, it, it really is, you know. It really uh, is. The other day when I was walking through, like, the mm-hmm. – uh, we're waiting for my bus in, the, in, our, in our main shopping area here in Canada. Like, honestly, I thought uh, I was Killian Murphy waking up from his coma 28 days later. Like, it was really, really weird. It was Very like, surreal. It's a complete ghost town. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm entitled, as, as you are, I believe, to uh... – state sanctioned exercise outside the house once a day as long as you leave it from your own property you know and you're not driving around to go places then you're you're more than uh, encouraged to get out and get some exercise and I was out uh, just you know walking the pram uh, early morning today and there was nobody out like the streets desolated you know absolutely nobody yeah. which is good you know it's good it, it's it, it suggests that apart from the exercise people are doing exactly what they're needing to be doing to stop the spread of uh, coronavirus and this is good, uh, but of course, anxieties are high, and yes. um, personal safety is very, very important right now. And although we are, you know, socially isolated from one another, there's no reason for us to be isolated from from good content, good conversation, and the, the James Bond community, uh, by and large, has has been fantastic over the last few months. Um, really, since the the notice that No Time to Die wasn't going to be coming out, it's just been really heartwarming to see all the good stuff that's been online, the great podcasts that have been out there. And now, you know, for another seven months, we've got to squeeze new content, and that was going to be yes. okay for us anyway. But um, it's it's just nice to see so many people in the community getting together, uh, podcasts joining up, fans commenting, you know, staying active. Yes. And yeah, so BFG, myself, and Jeff, who's not with us today, uh, we really do hope that you're. You're keeping safe and you're finding time to listen to the shows and to read the books yep. and to watch the movies that maybe have been sitting on your shelf or in the, you know, the mind attic of your imagination for a while. So thank you very much for joining us here at this. Uh, yes, absolutely. At the start of series two. And today, yep. Josh, why don't you say a little thing about what our topic is going to be today? Yeah. So one of the things that we kind of wanted to put into our uh, our best of episode was best car chases. And so while we didn't get a chance to do that because there's a lot of topics to choose from, uh, we decided to have have a little fun this episode, you know, like cheer people up and talk about one of the things we love about James Bond and action movies in general are the car chases. So, you know, we're going to talk about our favorite car chases in the James Bond series. 
And it probably does warrant its own episode. I mean, all of the category rankings that we did probably mm. warrant their own episodes. Yes. But but this yes. one, I, I'm glad that, that is we... possible fodder for more episodes if we really wanted to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad that we we decided to um, to not do this category. It was suggested by a couple of listeners, and I know Jeff was keen on on doing this one as well. But we decided to leave it out, thinking that it might fit in somewhere in this season. And sure enough, here we are starting off with an unexpected early launch to series two with uh, an episode on the best car chases of the series. Now we say best. What, do you want to qualify that, BFG? Our, our favorite car chases of the series, I guess you could possibly say, because there's a, a bit of subjectivity involved here, for sure. Yeah, and it is a sliding scale. You know, what I feel in February when the winter winds are around me might not be quite the same as what I feel in the summertime, you know? but uh, that's, that's definitely true. I do feel as though I've managed to distill to, to this down to, to my favorites. I do think so. I, th- I think I've come to that conclusion as well. And just for the people who are listening at home, just going back to Jeff, Jeff is not under quarantine, by the way. Jeff is actually working from home. So, and, th- and we normally don't do these recordings on a uh, on a weekday. We usually do them on a Saturday morning. Yeah. So that's the main reason why Jeff isn't here today. So as, as I, I spoke to him last night, and he seems perfectly fine so far. Uh, <laughs> Good. He, yeah. He's showing a lot of support on the uh, healthcare side because uh, his girlfriend is a nurse, mm-hmm. and uh, she, she now she doesn't work in the hospital; she works in an old age home. But at the same time, uh, there's, a, that's a, there's a chance, you know, where you got to take precautions. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tough time for so many different people within the public sector, and businesses are, are worrying. I mean, there's a lot of negativity, a lot of strife, a lot of frustration. Uh, and a lot of illogic going around, and you know, part of, part of what we're doing too is I think it's important that we that we do share the enthusiasm, the the mind break. We all need mental health checks right now. Uh, yes. So yeah, if you're listening to this in your headphones as you're taking a walk, uh, welcome to Bombay Numbers. If you're listening to this in your kitchen, cutting up <laughs> the fourth meal of the day, prepping for supper, then welcome to Bombay Numbers. And if you're listening to this driving home uh, from work, welcome to Bombay Numbers. Uh, we yes. Know, we know it's tough. Uh, but we're with you, and hopefully this chat can go some way in, uh, hey, just bring yeah. a smile to your face. And we hope also that you, you let us know what you think about your favorite James Bond car chases. Yes, yes. Uh, as the uh, as the famous British uh, saying in World War II went, keep calm and carry on. Mm-hmm. Well, Josh, I think that's enough preamble. Let's launch into it then, shall we? The car chases of James Bond. I am dispensing with the preambling. We're revving the engines and we're taking off. All right, Josh, so what makes a good car chase? Like, let's start there. Because, um, uh, you know, when we think about something as um, multifaceted as the James Bond era, where almost a car chase or some element of chase is involved per episode, if we think of the films as episode installments, then I think we probably should hammer out or iron out what constitutes a car chase. Okay. Well, on top of my head... I would say uh, direction is a key thing for sure. Uh, you want to have the right type of cinematography, the right kind of sound design. You want to have the right type of editing of the sequence as well. And uh, more importantly, following that, you also want to have uh, a good driver behind the wheel. You want to have logistics in play. And you also want to have how it works how it works overall in the story and how it flows with the story itself. You don't want to have a, car, a good car chase isn't just a set piece for a movie. A good car chase should be organically part of the film itself. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to, you know, acknowledge that not all of the James Bond car chases were always kind of fluid with the storyline. Some of them did no. kind of feel pigeonholed in there or pigeoned in. 
Yes, but at least I think what they did well is they set them up, I suppose, in that way by introducing mm-hmm. us to the car earlier on. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, I will, I'm not going to compare, you know, like the James Bond car chases to say maybe some of the early films, like, for example, I have on Her Majesty's Secret Service on my list, spoiler alert, uh, which inv- which involves almost actual car chase that seems more in blend with the story than just being a set piece in itself. Um, but I, I will go back and say, like, you know, if you think about movies like uh, Ronin, of um, or even like the most recent past couple of Mission Impossible f- films, which which has had some fantastic car chases, uh, those are real kind of those were those work within the story well believably because they're part of the story. They connect to the plot and then the actions of the characters. Whereas in most cases in a Bond film, you're kind of showing off the gadgets most of the time, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Um, some of these car, a lot of the car chases are just that. You know, they are yeah. presentation of of bling and gadgetry. Yeah. Like many action sequences that take place in On Her Majesty's Secret Service, the one I'm referring to is an example of the stakes involved because you feel the character is actually in danger. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the other sequences, uh, I think it'll be okay. But it's but but it's fun to watch. You know, like when you're watching Roger Moore, you know, uh, driving the Lotus Esprit down a Sardinian highway, and he's making all his little you know uh, barbs and, and whatnot. Uh, you really can't say the stakes are really high in this particular sense. Well, we'll see when we get into it. Let's. Uh... <laughs> okay, I, okay. I sense a little bit of a hot take coming there, but well, um, maybe, that, that, maybe that, not. I, I, <laughs> I just. What do you think about music while we're talking about the features of uh, filmmaking? Ooh. How important is music to a car chase? Do you think? Uh, I don't think. I think when when you have music in a car chase, it kind of centers the movie, the car chase, in my personal opinion, as more of a set piece than an organic part of the story. Mm-hmm. I find like if you look at a movie like Bullet, for example, one of the most famous car chases. Mm-hmm. I mean, they and even on and on. Uh, yeah, Bullet, for example, they have. Uh, a mic inside the engine itself so you hear the thrum of the muffler and everything as as it changes gears and does all those things right so you really feel that they're basically creating the verisimilitude of driving itself and putting the audience in that situation and i think minimal's uh, soundtrack is very key but sound is uh, sound design overall should uh supersede did uh, the, the the original score uh, in those sequences, in okay. my opinion? Okay, so it sounds to me like what you're saying that, and perhaps we'll see this in your decisions, your choices, is that a good car chase needs to play more on the sound of the vehicles and less on the um, non-diegetic sort of interplay or atmosphere. Yeah, but the atmosphere, though, I would accept, of course, is like how the editing is done in a certain way or how the camera angle is done or a certain way or or the different maneuvers that the, that the stunt drivers are taking based on the script and everything like that. That also plays in the car chase as well. I'm not going to dismiss every car chase that has, you know, uh, in, instrumental score during it is not as good as, say, some other ones that I've seen. But it really depends on the overall feel, I guess, of the mo- of, of the sequence itself. All right. Cool. Right. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. You know, I mean, it, it's not easy. But within within the realm of the James Bond film, the car chase has become a, an ingredient, a content piece, hasn't it? Since Dr. No, when he was in his little Bentley there. Well, was it a Bentley? No, it wasn't a Bentley. It was his... Uh, Sunbeam, Alpine. Su- Alpine Sunbeam, yeah. Like when, when, he, when he's going to Miss Taro's place, right, in the mountains, and the three mm-hmm. blind mice are pursuing him. That's right. Which is, really, which is really our first Bond car chase, if you think about it. Yeah, it is indeed. So shall we get on then and start talking about what we like and what we don't like and what we think works and what we don't think works. All right. Well, why don't we start, Josh, with you, BFG number five. What is your fifth favorite car chase, the official Eon Productions? All right. I was going to say my 
number five is Tomorrow Never Dies. Okay. The uh, BMW 750i. Uh, that whole sequence with the remote control BMW in the Hamburg parking mm-hmm. garage mm-hmm. after uh, Paris is killed and Bond is trying to get away with that red decoder thing and Carver's men are after him and that's just that whole sequence regarding you know like all the all the gadgets aboard like the security system uh, that you know that blocks people with accessing the car with that like with it with the taser thing. Uh, glove box security system, fingerprint controlled, sunroof, got those rockets on the sunroof, they got the Keltrops that they drops in the, from the rear bumper, yep. uh, those reinflatable tires, and then <laughs> you have, cool. yeah. yeah, which is really, really cool, right? Uh, and then that, and, and the one thing that was kind of ridiculous was that wire cutter device that kind of snips the <laughs> wire they try to put in, like, just in case of those circumstances, I can see in the manual, Cuba's like, well, what if the, the villain decided to do this? I mean, you want to escape a parking garage somehow or some kind of confined area. So that's the best way to uh, to use it. And the fact that it's all remote control from his Ericsson is pretty awesome. I remember, so, I remember when we talked about Tomorrow Never Dies, we also we also chuckled at just the exact height at which that that cord, the cable that's supposed yes. to take the car out. You know, it's, it's perfect height for that, that cutter, you know? Of course, perhaps that's adjustable. Yeah. Maybe but, but that's those automatic re- adjustment. It's it's true, it's true. But I, yeah, the whole sequence is great. They set up the the BMW seven five zero in that scene when Q is disguised as a travel agent in the ho- in the in the airport in Hamburg. So th- th- they do that very well, you know, kind of setting up that Chekhov's gun. You know, when is he going to use it and everything like that. And then they had that whole sequence, you know, with uh, Doctor Kaufman and Bond killing him after killing after he killed Paris and escaping and then getting away in the parking garage. Uh, I do feel really bad uh, for, for, for some people who could have been killed when he, when you know, when he um, remote yeah. controlled the car off the rooftop into the, the I, what was it a uh, tilt? Avis. What was it a that was an Avis and, 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 rental car? And, and yeah, and uh, Avis rental car agency window. Uh, that's uh, a that bit scary. Me. That did bother yeah. me watching the film. I felt quite reckless for James Bond to do something like that. And you see Pierce Brosnan laughing as he, you know, he puts it right through the window. And so he's finished the level of a video game, and he's so proud of himself. Yeah, yeah, but it almost seems that way, and I think that's what they were going for. But to me, that's one of the moments where, like, you're you kind of like you're crossing the line between ridiculousness and logic. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That is a yeah. good choice, though. That is a good choice. It, yeah, it's for my number five. I was kind of tied between it because uh, I had I have like two two runners up as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's one of the, that's one of the sequences, and uh, I just think just the whole thing is executed really well. And the, the and you know like it's just the, how the gadgets work in the whole sequence. The music also adds to that environment as well because it's a James Bond movie. You're already living a fictitious adventure anyways, so you know the score really helps in that sequence too. And you, you get some great David Arnold moments in that. Yeah. The the bulk of that car chase was filmed in Brent Cross Shopping Center in London. That's right. Yeah, it was filmed in London, but masking for Amberg, of course. Okay, I'll it give took you, sorry. Three weeks to film too. Is that right? Three three weeks to film. How many? How, yeah. many, how many BMWs do you think were used? There was a, so the, so there was a, there was three vehicles uh, that were caught on fire, and they actually had to call the fire brigade. But it doesn't mention whether those were all you know different versions of the 750i. So they could have been like the other cars in the sequence as well. So I could I can't quite. Uh, get an answer on that for you. Do you, do you have any info on that? I do. Yeah. 17 okay, BMW 50 ILs were used. Holy, holy shit. Wow. You were talking about earlier about, you know, how many versions of the Lotus Esprit they had for the yeah. spy who loved me wet Nelly sequence. Mm-hmm. So this goes to show you, you know, like <laughs> more of those cars can be built uh, faster nowadays than they were back then. Right. So, and that, I think they had like those disposable shells to use. It's pretty, pretty cool. Uh, they were identical on the outside, but they were really heavily modified. Seven were, yes. were what's known as blind driver cars, modified by BMW to be driven from the back seat using TV yeah. monitors. 
That's um, right. And the guys would be like right under. Basically, the driver would be like right beneath where Brosnan was in the back seat, like driving the whole thing. While you know, while Brosnan is doing the whole acting out using the uh, joystick on the uh, phone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, stunt driver Steve Griffin was behind the wheel for most of the dangerous stunts in the sequence. Uh, Roger Spottiswood, the director, remembers that Steve was very courageous, very fast. He spent months learning on a runway with bollards until he was confident that he could drive at a speed with a crew around him and not get into trouble. Yeah, and you got Yeah, that, I can definitely see that. that. This was definitely a sequence where editing worked really well with the music, but also the cinematography and how they, they staged the whole sequence was really good. You really felt like they were going from level to level to level in that whole moment. And Robert Ellswit did a great job with the camera work. Mm-hmm. And a shout out to Robert Ellswit. Like, he's one of the actually, at the time, I don't know how well he was known, but I mean, he's up there with like Conrad Hall and uh, our friend. Um, oh my God. Oh my, oh my, oh my goodness. Who is our cinematographer for Skyfall? Roger Deakins. Roger Deakins, yeah. Roger Deakins, Conrad Hall, Robert Ellswit, they're all a crew of, of cinematographers who uh, appreciate each other's art. So th- th- they were, it's very cool the Bond, the, the Bond, you know, the Bond series was able to have all, all, all of those individuals at one point, mm-hmm. except for Conrad Hall, of course. Uh, well, you know, this is a great chase, and I remember when we did our best of just recently there, um, I'll say last year, but it wasn't, it was only about two months ago, but when we did our uh, our best of the BMW was on my list. This oh, uh, great. one of my favorite cars, you know, I loved it. It's, it was pretty, it was pretty awesome, especially after the disappointing kind of cars they used in, from, in GoldenEye afterwards. Mm-hmm. And as, as cool as the BMW, I forget the, was it the Z or something that they had in the Z, Z3 or something that yeah, they had that's in, right. in world is not enough. No, that was in the Z8. Z8, sorry. And world is not enough. I found that that sequence was just way too was was like they were trying to top this sequence in Tomorrow Never Dies, and they really didn't need to, you know. They just they had a whole bunch of crazy over the top kind of Lewis Gilbert kind of mm-hmm. gadgets in that sequence with like the helicopters with buzz saws That's and all right. that kind of stuff going on. It was kind of a messy, kind of weird looking sequence. It looked more like it was belonging in like in a um, in a Marvel movie more so than a James Bond film, you know. Like there was really really a loss of verisimilitude, even for a James Bond film, in, in my opinion. And I also don't know, Josh, that I really am comfortable calling that a uh, a car chase, you know, because really he's just driving down the dock, basically yeah, up and down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah back and forth, you know, jetsign his way around. It's, the it's dock more walk. of an action sequence, yeah, I, guess, is, like, I guess really you is. could say. Yeah. So this is this is this is a clear, clear cut car chase because quantifiably, I guess if we go to the logistics, he is being pursued by people in his car and they are driving cars. Yeah. So therefore, it is a car chase in, in, in the most raw definition. Well, you know, just before we leave this one, um, that chase ends, of course, as we've already said, with the the playful, reckless uh, <laughs> bursting over the top level of the BMW and then at the drop into the Avis station. Yeah, that perfectly convenient drop into the mm-hmm. Avis station where apparently no one was working that day. Well, that shot, the, the, that actually required three different locations, full-size huh. cars and models to shoot the sequence. First of all, the BMW burst through the wall of a mocked-up car park at Eon's Frogmore Studios. The next long shot of the BMW sailing through the air was achieved with quarter-sized models and blue screen work. And the final, huh. the final shot of the Avis crash was filmed in Hamburg. And what you had there was a cannon car with a stripped-down interior, no engine, no gearbox. It was fired by an air ram off a 9-meter ramp off the back of a lorry. And to capture the car's flight... Second unit director Vic Armstrong shot from a remote-controlled helicopter with a 35-millimeter camera. He said that oh, was the only way that he could get it. Okay, well, that's, uh, yeah, that makes perfect sense how they did that then. Because it reminds me with the air gun, I think we talked about this earlier, was that whole sequence in Octopussy when they fire the, the Mercedes from the, uh, uh, from the bridge, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. After, after he gets hit by the train in the film. Well, Josh, um, my number five, my number okay. five uh, car chase is that first car chase. It's the one from Dr. No, Sunbeam Alpine. The oh, very good. Al- uh-huh. In all, I, in I really all of its like green it. screen glory. Yeah, you know, because I, I think it I think it contains, well, it, it contains good action. I mean, Connery's selling the scene. Yes, it's certainly green screened and, and rear projection, but, but given the budget of the film, you know, I kind of appreciate that, that sort of rusticness. I do like the insert shots, though, quite a bit, actually, particularly when the uh, the pursuer falls over the side of the cliff, you know, and then it, it turns into that sort of very realistic uh, trundling down the side of the hill before it comes to an explosive close, you know? Yeah, exactly. It wasn't just like the car falls over or just like a Michael Bay flip in midair. I mean, not that they could do that back then, but uh, it it looks like how someone went off a cliff and then how the vehicle would start catching fire with the friction as it went down the side of the mountain, right? So I I totally buy that. I thought thought that was pretty cool. And I also liked... uh... The, I liked how Connery's quip was there at the right time, you know? Yes. About the Undertaker's car, right? Because it, it was a hearse he was being pursued by. Yeah, they were late, they were late for a funeral or something like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I thought it was cool. And that's a cute little car, you know, that it, it's... We, we talked about it at the time. It wasn't one of my favorites. I don't think it was on anybody's favorite list of cars, but the, the Sunbeam Alpine is a good... It's a good little racer. Yeah, he went to a good uh, rental agency in in, King, in Kingston Town for that, I suppose. He did yeah, I mean you can you can hear more about that on our Doctor No episode. We get a little bit more into the cars there, but I mean, what, what are you doing? Oh, that was me moving my glass briefly. Sorry about that. Right. Okay. Uh, what did you think of that scene? I mean, am I crazy to have that on a list of top five? I, I do uh, feel like it's kind of instrumental though. I think uh, it's one of the one of the exciting one of the more exciting scenes in Doctor No, which I which is a movie I really enjoy, but it does have some static feel to it in some senses because you're going from like scene to scene, and it was very old old timey kind of filmmaking they were still using back then. So the fact that they included this sequence in there and they made it kind of as fiery as and exciting as that's possible, I think that's great, and I think it was a great kind of you know uh, sign of what's to come in the Bond series, and, and mm-hmm. a bit a bit of foreshadowing if you like. And yeah. I, I found the sequence pretty funny, as you said. Connery was dash and debonair, you know, being chased at and stuff, and he was totally cool under pressure. And then when it, it didn't really seem like he was too worried. There's a couple of moments where like, oh, oh, okay. But then afterwards, he has like his little line at the end. So it comes up as a classic James Bond moment and an, mm-hmm. and an early one at that. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah uh, that's a Bravo pick in my opinion. Absolutely, it would definitely be one of my r- runners up as well. Ten shillings a day is what the crew paid for the rental of that convertible on the set of Doctor No. <laughs> so they only use one car then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It, it did top out at 163 kilometers an hour, though. So it's not that you know, it's not a tiny thing. And it has some movie star, um, movie star good looks. This vehicle. Do you know what yeah. Hitchcock film it was used in? I do not. Years previously, To Catch a Thief. You remember when Cary uh-huh. Grant and uh, Grace Kelly are driving around Monte Carlo? Some okay. Of lo- some of the location shooting there above when they have their picnic lunch is in a Sunbeam Alpine. Oh, very good. Yeah. Per- per- perhaps Hitchcock uh, or, or or someone in, on his team or crew, you know, told Terrence Young as uh, to, to, as a suggestion or something to use that car. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it, it you know it may, maybe it's a, a nostalgic choice on my part. Maybe it's not one of the it, well, it isn't one of the best action pieces in terms of the car chases. But I like the car. It's a smart little car. It's Connery showing us Bond behind the wheel for the first time ever, and it 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 carries the action. And it's certainly I think it's one of the more suave car chases. You know, Con- I think Connery's hair actually blows in this scene too, which it is does, quite rare. Yeah. 
quite a yeah a- absolutely yeah but they kept that toupee staple down really good didn't they they did yeah well anyway there, there, there's my number five uh, of course over to you for number four uh number four i'm gonna have to go with uh, the citroen 2cv in for your eyes only uh that whole sequence is uh when bond and molina are fleeing from our uh, gonzalez's men uh in in in, in the post credits i guess not really post credit scene but is it towards the beginning of the movie anyways it is um, yeah yeah and that's my John... number three man it's my number three so yeah I'm, ha- I'm happy to let you talk about that for a bit here yeah so we got our stunt driver remy julien um at the wheel in this in this sequence uh once again he was he was he's been used in other bond films as well so, such as uh diamonds are forever and uh honor magic secret service uh, very famous stunt driver you have Gonzalez's men dr- driving their Peugeot 504s. Um, you got uh, now. This is this very scored scene because it's a very kind of set piece scene, but it works very well with the flow of the movie. And I also like it too because it shows how good John Glenn is at action, but also how good he is in mixing act- a tense action with an, a bit of comedy as well. There's just a really fun feel to that whole sequence. Uh, it really is, where, yeah. Where Bourbon is driving the Citroen. It's a classic Roger Moore movement, but at the same time, you still feel the stakes a little bit because you know you're kind of on Molina's side because she wants to revenge her family and Bond is trying to figure this out and already the movie has a different feel from other Bond films at this time so you're one so you kind of really can enjoy this sequence because you're familiar with the Roger Moore feel but you also kind of get a bit of intensity as well and then you also got you know Bill Conti's score just like pumping this whole sequence right so it's really it makes it really exciting and fun at the same time um, just all the different ups and downs to spin that famous spin around that the, that the Citroen does that Julianne just did a great job there. The flip over in town in Madrid, which was actually uh, in Corfu town in, in Greece. But anyway, um, uh, that whole this day, everything all worked together in, in, that, in, in that car chase. Uh, and uh, it's just a really fun sequence. And it's just one, it's one of my favorite John Glenn sequences uh, for action. Uh, I actually have another John Glenn um, filmed action sequence uh, on my list as well. But uh, this one, I think, is definitely my number four. Well, it's my number three. And uh, oh. I, I mean, when we get there, I won't say much more about it because th- this is great. And uh, it's a lot of fun. And I think what you're saying about the recipe working well together there's not too much humor there's not too little action like it's the right mix of everything you want to see plus it shows melina's first impressions of this guy roger moore or sorry james yes. bond and and i like that she, there's there's a there's a natural uh, chemistry growing between the two of them during this scene and i really like yeah that. it's a fun scene to watch with lots of different things lots of jumps lots of great stunts lots of cut shots that weren't even used in the film too like one where the citron was going head on head with a lorry they just didn't get it from the right angle it oh didn't really yeah work well. i remember reading about that they uh, actually used four two cvs uh in in, in this sequence four, right yeah they were, they were modified for all the stunts and they had these and they used flat four engines not knowing too much about cars but uh I did, they needed to use those type of, of really powerful, strong engines, I guess, to make the scene work. And I guess just for the durability of the cars itself, right? Um, one of the cars that they used had like this uh, plate that kind of revolved around on top of its roof uh, so that it could it could be turned upside down. Um, yeah, right. for, uh, yeah. For, those, for those shots when the car is, is upside down. <laughs> Yeah, even like in, not just in the Citroen 2CV, but when those Peugeots are going down the side of the hill with the guys driving and they're and they're and like you know the cars are upside down, so kind of sliding down the hill, right? Like you, just the how the Glenn filmed it with the cinematographer, it just 
really, really felt you got the intensity of, of the moment, right? Mm-hmm. And, the, the, and the, the Peugeots are quite wobbly as well. I don't know if the air had been taken out of those tires to allow for that sort of drift or if extra possibly. suspension had been headed, you know, on the left or the right side of the chassis to allow for that sort of extra bounce in the vehicle. But they're really bouncy, which I think adds nicely to to the not not the clumsiness but perhaps the fragility of what we're what we're looking at you know we, we feel that there's there's real uh, real stakes here yeah absolutely and uh one point out too we were talking about you know molina and bong getting getting together it's also uh, a very organic kind of chase scene that i was talking about earlier that's one of my criteria is it because it really shows as you mentioned like showed the bonding between bond and molina in that sequence but it also kind of showed not just i mean we have the crossbow sequence from before obviously but we also have like molina's driving in that sequence was pretty good we should you know turn backwards forwards really quickly like she was mm-hmm. even though she was in the, in the in the she was in the passenger seat she was still almost still in control of the moment as best as she possibly can so that really showed off her character more so than just the bonding between bond is, and her as well yeah. uh, so yeah it's just it's a really well sequenced you know they took 12 days to film it and you can see it and uh those you know those all those hills and the olive trees it just makes for cinematography cinema cinematographically it looked great as well and i feel maybe it was a bit of a correction uh at least in tone of what we got with the spy who loved me particularly the van you know escape from jaws where there was one one punch joke, one joke too many, you know, yes. one silly remark a little too much under the Lewis Gilbert fluff. There was a little, a little bit too. Yeah. As we mentioned, Lewis Gilbert comes from a vaudeville background and you can kind of see that, right? So he has that kind of like that bit of that quirkiness, that sense of the ridiculousness, you know, and Glenn, uh, this is, you know, this was his first film that he directed for the Bond series. And, uh, you know, he's been, he, he was basically a second unit man for the longest time. And now he's directing with Four Years Only, and you really got to see in a sense of his style, that mix of realism and still able to capture the Roger Moore feel that everyone was into at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. But, but which made him a great transition down the line to the Dalton era, you know, going to the more back to the more uh, Bond back to basics kind of style that they, that they were going for after Due to a Kill. Yeah. All right, Josh. Now, my number four might be a bit of a hot take with some Bond fans. I don't know. Um, I think a lot of Bond fans have great respect for this scene, and others really can't handle it because of how it's ruined by a slide whistle. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. Yes, it's the car chase uh, with the AMC Hornet from the man with the golden gun. Now, I really love this scene. At the beginning of your, of our conversation here where, where you were kind of outlining what you think are good ingredients for model car chases, for, for kind of instrumental uh, car chases. One of the things you said is it's organic with the storyline. And this is one I think that's really organic with the story. Yes, and I agree I, with that. And I actually think that, you know, the car chase itself, if you look at the vehicle, you know, swerving between the traffic and, and even that stunt, I mean, that stunt, man, you know, take... J.W. Pepper out of the car for a minute if you want yes. to. Take the slide whistle away, if you will. And you've got an incredible stunt that was done on the first take and yes. put, put a human life at great risk. You know, at least yes. one human life. And I don't and think... Then, man, and then they mar it with a slide whistle. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then, But I mean, that was John Barry's choice, apparently. That was John Barry's choice. He wanted that in there. Yeah, it took, well, he only took, like, what, two weeks to do that score or something like that? So. Yeah, he had very little time to do it, but um, I mean, before we get into it, how, how do you feel about that scene? Uh, I mean, the movie itself is not one of my favorites, but uh, that, the, the sequence, like when, you know, when there's, as you said, swimming between traffic and following Scaramanga and Bangkok and going out into the country, and I thought that was a very well scene. It was very beautifully shot. 
and they did says you know they did really s set up that uh, that stunt for sure. But to me, like that part, the stunt sequence, as great as the stunt as it was, was kind of a blatant set piece in the middle of everything, right? So, uh, and I didn't really get the, I just didn't feel the intensity where that kind of sequence was needed. I think the the car chase as it would have been would have been fine for the for the movie, and then they kind of took it took it over the top with that sequence. Uh, so. I'm, I'm always a bit like I like that stunt, but at the same time, like I find that I don't know, just for me, like that that chase sequence just doesn't really jive for me. I, 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 it's hard to say. Okay. Or I'm, not not hard, not hard to say. I just don't have much of an explanation beyond yeah, what I've told yeah. you about my misgivings about it. Mm -hmm. There are other ones that you like more. I mean, that's fine. And like I say, I, I do I do understand why we get a lot of vitriol and criticism for this scene because it is marred by that slide whistle. There's yeah. no other way it, to look at it. It know? wasn't the uh, sequence that I thought you that you that you were going to pick, to be honest. I thought you were going to pick, pick another one. No, so. that, 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 I do really like it. And it's one of the high points of the, of the film for me when I am watching The Man with the Golden Gun, when that occurs. I mean, it doesn't happen very often, but when I do watch it, I look forward to that because, you know, fr from its moment kind of walking around, you know, Bond walking around the showroom trying to act quite nonchalant and then he blasting it through the window, you know, I, I just really like it. I like the way Bond enters the scene. I like how it grows from what came before and then how it sort of, it, it happens quickly when they get out of the, uh, and they get out uh, on the road. And I, I, I agree with, things do slow. The action of the scene does slow considerably when Bond, you know, sizes up the bridge and goes for the jump. But uh, I, I don't think it's, um, I, I don't, it doesn't ruin it for me. It doesn't ruin the the thrill of the scene for me. It, it takes away a lot from the stunt, I think. But I don't know. Um, I think, as I mentioned, like I was as I, earlier when I talked about how direction, editing, music, all those things can make a great action sequence or in this case, a chase scene. And I found that just the inclusion of that slide whistle pretty much is it's like it's like in this it's like in um, the end of Revenge of the Sith, you know, where they actually had some amazing pathos. We first see Darth Vader for the first time born, you know, as his as his twins are, are, are born. And he says, no, like with James Earl Jones. <laughs> his voice like to me it's just ruining a sequence okay. completely yeah okay. well uh, for, for me i like the car too i like the amc hornet i think it's a cool good it's a nice uh, hardy car american made car you know absolutely now there were no distributors of the amc in thailand in 1973 and so <laughs> no of course they, not. they needed to they needed to import their own right hand model for the shot but it was i don't know i just thought it was it was cool you know and what's really interesting too about the stunt computer calculations for that astro spiral jump specified the hornet as the best car to do that's that, that's right and that's why they with that because of that computer model is why they chose that car that's right yeah it's, and it's, as, as you said it did nifty. it in one take so that's pretty awesome uh you know aside how i think how they kind of like ruined the sequence i still think that uh oh, the, the sun itself was it was incredible and uh it's definitely worth it's a, it's a good it's a good mix to the bond cannon it could have been, been probably one of my runners up it wasn't for some other ones but uh because it, it is a great stunt don't don't get me wrong i just don't think it works it, it, i just don't think it works well as a uh, chase sequence in my opinion okay fair enough so there's not yeah. enough there's not enough of a chase sequence before the stunt to to let you have that in there 
Yeah, kind of. I think the whole thing is about the stunt itself, I guess you could say. Okay, so you, you just think that the chase is really a build-up. Okay, right. Well, I, I would just ask you to rewatch the scene looking as they're moving through the streets, okay? Because I think that's pretty cool. That, that, that's no, pretty cool. No, th- that part was great. I did like that part for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I'm just saying is, is that the stunt itself I just is one, of, is one of the key parts of the sequence, of the set piece, if you will. And to me, I just found that like for all the goodwill they created by the stunt – John Barry, who I who I admire incredibly, for some reason decided to go all Smokey and the Bandit or something. I don't know on on that sequence with 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 his uh, slide whistle. I, I have no idea. I wonder if that's how he was feeling about the Bond series at the time. Like, oh, you pricks, only give me two weeks to do a score. All right, here you go. See if you like. This. You, you never know. And then we also have the famous kind of grudge going on between him and Aha, right? So, well, yeah, that that comes later, of course. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, still, um, I, I, he, could, he could have been a temperamental personality, which is why he doesn't have a lot of scores out there. You know what I mean? Mm. Well, he's got a lot of scores out there, man. But he kind of went, he kind of disappeared though, like in the '90s on onwards, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you got like the specialist and stuff, but he kind of disappeared from scores. Like, uh, you know, I guess that was toward near the end of his life, though, too. So, yeah, it was. I mean, you can't blame the guy for dying, right? <laughs> I guess not. Anyway, however you cut up the stunt, hands up to Lauren. <laughs> I mean, hands up to Lauren Willett. You know, he did a great, great jump. He there. did. American Driver, who came all the way to do the sequence too, right? So, and one take. I mean, that's something else. Anyway, that's my number four. That's my number four. Now you already know my number three because it was agreed with. Yeah. You know, it's it's a Citroen Two C. So, I mean, where are you going next for your number three? Uh, my number three. I'm going to go. With the V8 Vantage car chase on the uh, on the border of uh, Czechoslovakia and Austria in the living daylights. All right, good choice, very good choice. Yeah, one of my favorite. I think it's probably one of my first favorite Bond like action sequences. I mentioned uh, that my first Bond film I saw was The Man with the Golden Gun. The second film I saw was The Living Daylights, and uh, yeah, I, I really love that movie when it, when I when I saw it the first time. I liked it more than uh, The Man with the Golden Gun actually. Because uh, because it was more I guess it was more of a modern sensibility you know like I was it, it, the movie was only a couple years old, younger than me you know what I mean so yeah. so yeah I really enjoyed that whole sequence uh, with uh, Bond and Kara escaping the the Soviet influenced Czech police mm-hmm. uh, running that whole border all the devices that were used the V8 the black color was just beautiful looking vehicle update on the old classic Aston Martin um, they used the hard top it was a non volante v8 saloon badge to look like the convertible that we saw earlier in the movie there was a v8 volante convertible uh that you see bond using in england when he goes to the safe house and he's in mi6 and whatnot but then they have the hard top non-volante v8 saloon to look like the volante in that sequence yeah and am i correct in saying that they came close to losing the car cracking through the ice at one point they had to like throw ropes around it to pull the aston out um, I cannot whether to ascertain you were correct or not because I could not find that information. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm just reading from my uh, James Bond car collection book, and that's one of the things that they had mentioned, but I don't get a lot of details on it. Oh, the, the, the production notes that I could find uh, did not mention that at all. So I assume that your books might have had that info. Uh, well, the, just at the frozen lake, uh, Vicency in Austria right. was in some places quite cracking, you know, quite thin. It, uh, you know, at one point the Aston started to go down, but they just threw ropes over it. I didn't know if there was more to that story. Uh, I guess that's how they probably were filming the sequence when he cuts that, like, circle around the uh, the police car, right? Hmm. So it was very possible. All that was filmed, by the way, in Austria. Well, uh, in Austria, in a region called Carinthia. 
It's a lovely scene. It's it's fantastic. It, and and I yeah. think the chase. Do, do you start the chase with the uh, the rockets through the tanker or through the transport? Yeah. Oh, for, yeah. The rockets. Yeah. It's, I had a few optional extras installed, right? And then, well, no. The no. The search. The chase really starts though when they try to pull him over and he uses those lasers. Oh yeah, that's right. Because course, the Aston Martin V8 Vantage Volante, it's equipped with. Uh, it, it's equipped has the usual weapons of all the Aston Martins, but this one also has a side ski, spike tires. You got the lasers that I mentioned uh, that they use to cause the quote unquote salt corrosion mm -hmm. to the Czech police car. And the uh, you got. And the outrigger, yeah, and you got the missiles, that self-destruct device as well, and also that radio that they were using to modify it for the police band, right? So that he could, so, so that he could hear that that the police is after them. So, uh, yeah, so, so it was really a great sequence altogether that worked organically with the film. Bond and Kara are trying to escape to Austria. They know they have to get out in time because Bond needs to get her across the border to non-Soviet controlled lands. Um, and on top of that, uh, it's just it's, it's a very well done set scene. It's like again, this is John Glenn, but going a little more serious with the action here, put more intensity. This is also the to me the real moment I think that Dalton can be seen as James Bond to me is when he's in this car. The the debonairness and this and, and the suaveness of the whole sequence that he pulls it off with is really good, and that's kind of maybe one. It's one of the moments one of the moments where I really saw Timothy Dalton as James Bond, and I think he pulled that off r r r really well. Yeah. He did, and you were correct in what you say about the tension of the scene. There, there are stakes here, needing to get her safe politically and obviously for the mission as well. So it's, yeah. it, it is a good, tense moment, uh, and and I think this is really amplified. You know, the, the scene's raised a lot by the score because it's a great, great moment from John Barry's score. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, dun, dun, that whole just like that synth beat that they use for the James Bond theme, building up to it and everything, and. Uh, and then using you know all all all, all other the motifs that he had in the, in that sequence as well was really well done, uh, yeah. So that's definitely in my top five. And uh, I don't know if it's a number three or number two is some the kind of jump forward to me, but it's one of my favorite James Bond car chases. Cool, yeah. And it's it's one of mine as well. It's my number two actually, Josh. Oh, nice. Um, it's my number two. I, I I just can't get away from it. You know, it's uh, it, it's awesome. It's so fun to watch. It's uh, the cinematography is great. The editing is sharp. And as you say, Dalton delivers it. He he's good good in it the same way Connery's good in that original Sunbeam one Connery by the way as an uh, this is not on my list but because I didn't think of it as a chase so much as a pursuit but I loved Connery uh, and Goldfinger moving that vehicle through the Alps it's fantastic it's uh, it's, oh, not, yeah. it's not a chase but it's a pursuit and that's why the Aston Martin DB5 is not on my list of car chases because I don't think it has as fun moments at least for me um, in chase mode but that uh, kind of the you know the the birth of that vehicle in Goldfinger is just beautiful and uh, it's one of the best one of the best moments of that film although the for film's sure. got so many but yeah this this is this is number 2 for me man the the ice chase with the vantage it's it's awesome it's really good so again i'm not going to repeat what you said and i don't think i need to for the folks at home either they know exactly what you're talking about and if they don't then they'll check out the living daylights and see if it helps <laughs> uh, you know everyone's at home probably now anyways go through on the living daylights it's uh the world was less more complicated back then it was just russians versus the rest <laughs> uh, versus the west you know and and enjoy a good cold world Thriller Diller, as they say on the back of uh, some books and critical blurbs. That's right. And, <laughs> well, Josh, I really hope you don't steal my number one, take my thunder with that. But uh, We'll I, see. I think there's a good chance. And, I mean, that, that moves you over to number two. Then. Is, is thunder a pun clue, perhaps? No, like, is that it's, a... it's not. It's not. I'm just okay. uh, I'm, I'm going to give it to you now. I'm going to ask you to, to give me your number two. 
My number two was the uh, car chase in the in the Aston Martin uh, DB5 and uh, Auric Enterprises. Uh, that's a, that is a great one. That is an yeah. excellent car chase. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. did you like about that? Uh, just everything, like just the whole setup of the Aston Martin DB5 and all of his gadgets is like so perfect in that sequence, uh, because you know everything that Q talked about, we get to see. Uh, and just the whole, and how like, you know, Bond was just, you actually felt Bond was almost like in a little bit of danger in that sequence, which is really rare for a Connery movie, which is why Goldfinger is so good as a whole, because Connery is always on the defensive, always trying to walk himself out of a situation, always trying to talk himself out of a situation. He is never kind of like in control. It's almost like a Hitchcock film yeah, on how, our, our, how, how Connery is, is bounced around in that paper bag metaphor to be used by, uh, you know, Truffaut and um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hitchcock. So he's a bit and, like Roger Thornhill, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's a bit like Roger Thornhill a little bit with a little but with a bit understanding about what's going on and how to deal with it. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's got um, more. So, yeah, he knows a bit more. Yeah, because Ken Adam, he chose the DB5. It was the latest version of the Aston Martin. And even though in the book, you know, Bond had the uh, the DB Mark three, uh, which was considered one of the most sophisticated cars in England at the time. They went for this DB5 uh, because it was the latest version of the Aston Martin, and they wanted to, to A, sell the car, A, sell the movie, B, sell the movie, I should say, and uh, product placement deals all over here. The, the vehicle, I mean, it's, it's, it's classic. You have, like, the radar, uh, homing, the, 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 uh, the radar device, you got the, the, the machine guns on the hood, you got the oil slicks. You got the uh, that little like buzzsaw thing that he uses to take out Tilly Masterson's tires. Uh, then you have the uh, ejector seat, of course, right? The most famous sequence. Um, and then there's a, just, that's just the car itself. Then you just have the chase, you know? Those guys are just constantly on to Bond like a bunch of, of, of hornets, you know, just following them all around the compound and everything. And then just how uh, Guy Hamilton shot, you know, like him racing down that, that roadway behind the, in between like the warehouses, you know, on the uh, Oric Enterprises compound and the rear view mirror and how he was tricked to crash into the wall. All of that was just so deftly designed and edited and directed under uh, the auspices of Guy Hamilton that it just comes off as a fantastic scene. And these were shot on the road at the rear of Pinewood Studios, this whole sequence, sound stages A and E and the prop store. They, they were all used for that sequence. And now, if you, go to, if you go to Pinewood Studios, that road is called Goldfinger Avenue. That's right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, you've, you've made me feel as though uh, some of my, my earlier choices maybe don't quite stand up to that. But I, I'm going to keep that as an honorable mention. It is great. Um, Absolutely. Never, I, but, you know, John I, Steers, man, he's just how he just took that, how he just, John Steers, you know, he was our early, he was before Corbold. He was our main special effects guy for the Bond films. And this is when he, this is really when when he cut his teeth, you know, in the series and showing what he what, what, what he could do, you know, leading up into Thunderball where he created that explosion that pretty much like knocked all the windows out of NASA start shop shops you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's just inc- incredible how they built the fake wall uh how they just built in the gadgets themselves uh everything was just done so well for that sequence just the car chases the action uh even that little moment of comedy you know when the car pulls up to the toll station and that kind little old, old swiss lady is there and then when he tries to, to run the blockade she yeah. has like you know a freaking like <laughs> submachine gun shooting at him and stuff and and never had it for once though does that take you out of the movie entirely you know like you're kind of like okay i'm along for this ride it's crazy it's quirky it's wild i can't imagine being a cinema goer at that time and watching that movie for the first time that must have been something you never want to take back yeah. you know you, you would always want to go to, to, have, to kind of have if someone could kind of 
you know, like raise your your mind or something like the Winter Soldier and and just put any kind of memory they want in your head and just turn your mind into an Etch-A-Sketch. I would go back and watch a movie like Goldfinger or other movies that I love just to kind of see those movies again for the first time. You know what I mean? Hmm. And that car sequence is one of those sequences for sure. Well, I, I certainly couldn't say anything more to that than you already have. And your enthusiasm's coming through there. And I'm sure that a lot of listeners would agree with you that that uh, Oric Enterprises chase is definitely one of the best in the series. It is a great scene. It, it's just not, I mean, you know, here I am and I didn't, I, you know, I put I put the man with the golden gun above that, the AMC Hornet. And maybe, you know, maybe people are throwing tomatoes at the... This is all subjectivity. No one is to be mocked. Everyone, everyone's, no one has, no one is right or wrong in this sequence. It's well, all about how much you enjoyed it and how much it appeals to you. Yeah, That's well, the thing about a car, a car chase and how, what kind of mood it puts you in. But not just that. As I said in the outset, a sliding scale, you know, I mean, some days <laughs> there's things I'm in the mood for other more than others. And I guess the DB5's never been a car that I've been really hot on. It wasn't one of my favorite cars from the series, even though I understand its importance. I understand its its beauty. You know, it's, it's a well-crafted design machine. I get all of that it's just never really been one that that i've been too hot on um but hey I can't, I can't disagree with anything you're saying like it's it's the staple it's it's so important you know traditionally it is bond it's it's uh yeah it's what it is a, a fun last bit of information too is that the spikes that he uses to destroy uh the tires of tilly's uh c- convertible there they're inspired by uh ben hur's uh chariots you know like the ones that masala was using to tear up uh Ben hers, you know, um, uh, chariot. What is the part of the chariot where you stand on? But I guess that's just that's that that's just the chariot, I suppose. <laughs> I think that's just the chariot. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, let let's move on to our number ones. Oh boy. You've stolen my thunder twice already. If we got the same one, then. then... <laughs> All right. All right. Fair enough. Uh, my number one, my favorite car chase from the series so far, at least uh, in what we've seen, and this is. This is tough because uh, another honorable mention, which I think we've got to put out there, and I didn't. I didn't put it on my list because it's not one of my favorite films, not one of my favorite car chases, but it is awesome, is the chase at the start of Quantum of Solace. Interesting. That was kind of one that I was considering, but I find the editing kind of really threw that, that car chase uh, from greatness. But please, tell me. Well, no, I don't have much more to say. I mean, I felt the editing was frenetic to the point where um, I'm, I'm, I'm losing sight of a lot of things. Until they get to the quarry, I don't find much slows down, and it's a little o- over the top, you know, in terms of how many pieces of the car fall off and how, how many bullet holes are there and there's no flesh wounds, you know. There's things to it that I find difficult to suspend in terms of disbelief, but it is an awesome scene. And, it is. It's yeah, a pretty intense scene. It's very it's intense. carbonary. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But it didn't make my my list of five. I guess I I like things a little different. But my num- my number one anyway. I'll I'll tell you about my favorite chase from this series is the Mercury Cougar chase from Honor Majesty's Secret Service when Tracy rescues Bond essentially uh, after his descent from Piz Gloria. <laughs> is that yours as well? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, well, I, I we're, well, you guess. stole the thunder. You stole the one. You stole the thunder of number one. So there you go. I so, did. That's true. It makes up for the other two times. In, in in the end, there. Do you do you want to say then, Josh? Do you, I mean, do you want to say anything about Peter Hunt's direction here? About um, about the acting because the acting's really quite good. Lazenby in the chase looks legitimately worried. I think. Yes. I, I I really like the chemistry building here between the characters. Diana Riggs seems to be having a fun time, uh, and of course we've got um, you've you've got. Um, 
Who is it? Uh, Irma Bunt. Irma Bunt, yeah, yeah. But, you know, we've got the Austrian driver, the Ford Rally team, uh, Eric Levitza, the Austrian driver with the Ford Rally yeah, team, who's helping out. Why don't, yeah. why, don't you, why don't you go on to it? You, you go on into it for a bit. It, it's one that we share. It's one of our favorites. I'd, it'd be interesting to see what Jeff thinks of this, and it will be interesting to hear from our listeners to see what they think is the best car chase in the series. But this is our number one choice, so why don't you say a few things about it? Well, let's just talk from the very beginning uh, why this thing is. So you have Bond on the phone. He's just We just had that incredible escape from Peace Gloria downhill. Yep. He's being pursued through the streets of the town below. His life is in danger. He looks scared. You can feel it. You have that counterpoint of that Christmas song playing all the time. And then you have Bond, literally James Bond, hiding in a jacket, sitting down in the middle of an ice rink, just hoping no one notices him. You would never see that in a James Bond movie. And then you get that all of a sudden his savior arrives. You know, he sees uh, Tracy stops on her skates right in front of him, a vision. And then, then he gets into the car. With, then he gets into the car. They drive off. Then... Um, uh, and she's not even scared. She's already she, she's all for this, you know, like just one hundred percent. They're showing already how much he's a good fit for James Bond at this point. Right. Which just kind of um, compounds the tragedy in the end. <laughs> so then you have them, you know, Bond goes to make the phone call to him. And then all of a sudden he gets shot at. And then the music, just, then John Barry's score just comes right in, you know, that and uh, him being shot at and jumping into the car. And then in the, the cougar is just kind of fly, flying down the highways and they're being chased, you know, all, and then they end up in that star car rally, not so organically because it's not because it, it feels like, you know, yes, that is a set piece. It is a um, unused airplane track and they oh, built it and they, and they constructed an ice rink on top of that for the car rally. All right, okay, water right. and snow that was kind of uh, just, just put on it constantly so they could get the whole feel of the place and then build the set on top of it for the car rally and this car rally yes it's a set piece but the way that they're being chased from that from that moment from that moment because basically you got piz gloria escape on ski then you have the chase in the town then you have that slight interlude at the skating rink and then you have them on uh and chased again going to, and then having to kind of only way they can go to, on the road where they're being chased at because they're cut off is to drive into this rally and that's the best and it just it feels so i'm gonna use that word again organically mm -hmm. uh to to make the sequence you know feel realistic in terms of what they were doing and uh both bond and tracy are in the car like together bond is scared but and, and, and tracy you know this is the girl you know who's had suicide attempts before who had this fire that's burnt out of her and it seems like she's found herself again in that sequence she's having you can see rig playing it so well having so much fun you know uh just behind the wheel and having the helping the you know help bond get rid of the bad guys in that whole sequence and bo and and rig did most of the, the driving in that whole sequence that's right because, she did, and you yeah. can tell because yeah. the number of close-ups that peter hunt put on her mm -hmm. so and those guys are traveling too i mean those cars are moving at close to 80 clicks they must be yeah there are a bunch of beamers that were going after them right the one that irma bunt had i think they were beamers or were they no they, they were mercedes yeah that's right mercedes yeah, yeah. mercedes yeah mm -hmm. so you know cars better than me but yeah um the mercedes yeah that whole sequence though like from just the, how it was choreographed and the, the the stock car rally how it was choreographed up from the moment in the town where they're being chased at uh and then even until kind of it's denouement at the very end where they arrive at perfectly at that uh, at that little barn right to where, where they go for shelter and bond proposes that whole sequence that like 20 minutes it is or great so, yeah it's the, one of the best sequences in not just a bond film but like almost in any movie like it's just so 
fantastic. Um, it is fantastic. I, I, I can't say anything more about it than that, really. Like, um, if you have anything that can, you know, top my hi- hyperbole about, about it, please do. <laughs> I don't have anything but support for your <laughs> hyperbole, pal. But I, I would just like to say that uh, that car chase must have gone some way into securing um, John Glenn a bit of you know, uh, and the ski sequences, yeah, and the ski yeah. sequences too. The ones that he did with uh, what's his name, Wally, uh, Wally Bogner. Sorry, oh, yeah, like w- w- Willie Bog, Willie Bogner, w- 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 Willie Bogner. Yeah, because Glenn worked with him exclusively on those, on, on those, on those sequences on the on the Alps and whatnot. So, and, and he, did a, chase, he did and a lot this, of. Uh, Glenn did a lot of economic things with the editing too. That j- just clever little tricks, like flipping, flipping, flipping the film upside down, so that you, you had a, you know, you had a rally driver that you know seemed to be spinning on his head, even though yeah, he, he says simple things like that, which got a laugh from the audience at the right time. Because there is there is a little bit of humor in this chase too, which allows to kind of relieve yes. some of that pressure, you know. Absolutely, but it is tense, and, and, and also. It's- it is tense, but the thing about it too, as you notice, is that in that sequence, there like the score runs out completely. Like that scene was just all you hear is the probably put mic. You know, they have mics inside the engines. They have just complete real sound in that sequence. There is no instrumental score in that whole car chase yeah. on, on on the rink, anyways. On yeah, well, the uh, in in the stock car race. I think that's one of the things that really helps amplify that tension is the fact yes. that when the, when the ski chase ends, the music that we are left with is that juxtaposing Christmas cheerfulness, you know, of Nina's, do you know how Christmas trees are grown? And that leads into the tension of the chase. And it's, yeah, it's awesome. Um, there are a few moments of score, though, during that scene. Well, when they're running, when Bond runs from the telephone, who jumps in the car uh-huh, and they're being yeah, chased yeah. at. Yeah. But uh, I think at the, after much, the start... Yeah. Yeah, but the stock car rally part, part portion of itself, though, mm-hmm. to me, that seems like it wasn't uh, it wasn't scored. Yeah, and what, I, 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 could, I could be wrong. Well, no, no, no. But what you're saying holds water anyway, because what score there is is used properly. It's used effectively. It's not yes. just like icing on a cake. Like let's just lather it, you know, all over. It's uh, it, it makes real good sense. And the sound of the scene, the sequence. I mean, I, I think that this these, this conversation today has really um, built up your impression of the car chase in Bond films to be the best vision because you you've outlined it quite well with, you know, the sound editing, the design, the, you know, everything. So I credit you for that. You've probably come at this a little more critically than I have. And um, yeah, well, hell I chose the man with the golden gun. I I have time to hone my focus, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Anyway, I haven't, I have enjoyed this chat, this conversation. But I'm, yeah, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really looking now to get onto the socials and see what, uh, see what people think about these opinions and others. So let us know your yeah. thoughts. Let us know your thoughts about uh, the, the the car chases of the James Bond series. Let us know if you agree or if you disagree with myself or, or Josh. And uh, yeah, it'll be be good to get a chat going about this. It, it's a key key part of the films and uh, an interesting way to start off our second series. Absolutely. And before we go, would you mm-hmm. like to hear my two runner-ups? I would, please. Okay. My my next my, my runner-up, I guess this would be like number six, I guess you could say, okay. would be the Lotus Esprit Wet Nelly Chase and the Spy Who Loved Me. Um, it's just a it's just a it's a very flashy, well choreographed mm-hmm. sequence. Nicely uh, filmed. Ca- ca- nicely filmed. Captures the more the more the more films perfectly. I love they put the mic in the engine of the Lotus Esprit there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that chase is pretty cool. I love this the helicopter. The score by Hamlish really works in that sequence too. Uh, then you have the you know that great finale of the of the chase sequence with with Wet Nelly coming into being. You know, like as it goes under, can you swim? And then under, going underwater and getting its fins and doing what it's doing, going all the way. I guess you could say the car chase continues to the um, 
foundations of Atlantis there where he's fighting off the scuba divers and uh, it looks like uh, Largo's uh, <laughs> uh, old t- old tools, I guess, being being utilized. Uh-huh. Um, the other runner-up I had, and this is what I, when I thought when he said this would be a hot take, but I chose this one. And even though it was not my favorite Bond movie at all, was a 1971 Ford Mustang Mach 1 hmm. uh, in Diamonds Are Forever. That whole sequence was just amazing stunt driving all the way through. Uh, it's just so well filmed uh, by uh, Hamilton. Like, he knows how to direct a car chase, for sure, that guy. And, uh, yeah, like, it's just a really fantastic chase sequence, even up to the, you know, where they had to do the whole side thing in the alley, you know, going on the side in the alley. Mm-hmm. That whole... That whole sequence as a whole was just fantastic and the best part of the movie in my opinion <laughs> well i don't know i quite like the swing into the white house myself but, but. that's a cool yeah okay admittedly that was a good sequence too and 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 okay we'll get more we'll get diamonds are forever some more love here uh the yeah. cremation sequence mm-hmm. and the alligator mm-hmm. and the elevator alligator sorry that's live and let die the elevator fight between franks and bond uh was really good too yeah so uh, those are my runner-ups, and we already heard yours. Good ones. Uh, yeah, well, we kind of did. I mean, there's lots we could have gone into. You know, I, I also, and I don't, I, I didn't include this because I didn't technically think it was a car. Uh, you know, the 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 tuk tuk from Octopussy. I love that sequence. Uh, you 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 could have chosen that. Yeah, I would have accepted that in my okay. criteria. All right. Okay. Well, then that's runner-up number three. Okay. Yeah. I was also another runner-up I was thinking of was a view to a kill. Was that the I forget the name. What type of car was it again? The 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 one that Bond steals from the taxi driver. Oh yeah, the Peugeot. That's a Peugeot the, as well. Yeah, is that, it or is yeah. that a Renault Eleven? That might be a Renault. I think it's a Renault Eleven. Anyways, that yeah, that that whole sequence uh, was uh, was was great too. Mm-hmm. And so was the the Toyota chase in the only lift, the only lift what? which ends with the helicopter that, over in, in Tokyo Bay. That's a really subverted chase sequence if you think about it, right? Because yeah. you got you know. You got uh, Aki's car, you know, zooming along, and the guys are chasing after them, and then she calls in, like almost like in a, as you're watching some kind of like '60s spy anime or something. This device, this helicopter shows up with a metal, with a magnet, and picks the other car up and drives away with it, right? Like you're watching Thunderbirds or something. Uh, <laughs> that's what it felt like to me. Right. Well, look, there's a lot of fodder there to chew on, and yeah. uh, we, we, I think we've done well here today in this uh, in this hour or so. Yeah. So everyone listening. Uh, Thank you. Uh, give us your thoughts on social media, on our Instagram and on our Twitter and on uh, Facebook, uh, Bomb by Numbers, and let, let us know what you think about uh, these little episodes. We're, we're going to be probably doing little shorter episodes every now and then just to pace out our second season. Um, we, we, we will do a review of No Time to Die when it comes out for sure. Uh, and we'll also get uh, Jeff back in the proceedings at some point too, uh, whenever it can be arranged, you know, given everyone's schedule and, and whatnot. Yeah, and that email again is bondbynumbers3 at gmail.com. Check it out. If you're just joining us now and you haven't really got many of our film reviews, then go ahead and get our back catalog from season one. That would be a great thing for you to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. So, Josh, before we sign off, anything else you want to say or are you happy to leave it there, pal? Uh, No, I think I said what I wanted to say. We know it's not a great time right now, uh, but, uh, you know, we're going to keep doing these things because it's fun and... We want to keep people entertained so you can look forward to more episodes down the road. So all you can do really is just stay healthy and stay safe. And Mm -hmm. we look forward to hearing your comments. Yeah. And it's really great to be part of the Bond community at this time. You know, there's a lot of great things going on. Absolutely. All right. Sayonara, pal. Have a good one. Cheers. See you soon. (laughs) 